Roman drills one to deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone to tie the game. Austin Roman, Romy, my homie. But two men on. Tying run now in scoring position. Baez the batter. And Baez hits one in the air to right field and deep. Back goes Conforto. It's got a chance. Gone. Three-run homer, Javier Baez. Did Ray Shiro wanted to leave Vancouver with more than just Jack Hughes? Well, he's leaving Vancouver with P.K. Subban as well. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Welcome to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Do we have an exciting one for you today? Yes. We do? We'll make it exciting. We'll make it. <laughs> Not a lot oh, going on. No. Uh, mainly baseball. There's some hockey news. I'm sure you guys have heard about the Devils trade, blockbuster trade going on. Um, developmental camps have started for the for the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders. Um, possible trades with the Rangers, including a certain Artemi Panarin. Possibly. Is it, yeah. is it Panarin or Panarin? Panarin. It, it just really depends. Panarin. Whatever. Um, we have some football news for you with, with uh, training camps coming out. Um, what else? We got, if we want to touch on the Women's National Soccer League. We might. They could maybe. Have, they could possibly. Today, though. They did. Well, a little bit of a scare by Spain. A little bit of a scare. But, um, but as normal, as usual. We will start off with some Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. No Scott today. Scott is uh, attending his brother's eighth grade, quote unquote, graduation. No, it's a, it's a graduation. I thought I, I I like to call it like a promotion. Yeah. Okay. I don't really okay. consider it a right, but anyway. Either way, congratulations anyway. to Scott's brother. Yeah. Congratulations, there, Tommy. Moving up in the world. Good for you. It all goes. Downhill. Tommy's been on the podcast. Once it all goes downhill from here. Let's just let's just be real about. That. <laughs> anyway. Um, as you saw from our social media yesterday, me and Scott, Scott and I were at the old timers day game and, uh, wow, that happened. Mariano Rivera, his first ever uh, old timers day, hitting inside the park home run. We thought it was going to be a great day. And then Jay Happ gives up. I can't even, he puts up, I think he let up. Eight runs in four innings. Like, how do you do that? Uh, how you don't get people out? You don't get people out. But I'm gonna start with the Yankees. Took three out of four from Houston. I am more than happy about that. You know, a American League rival over the past couple of years. Uh, they won game one, 10-6. Game two, four to one. Won game three, seven to five, and lost nine to four yesterday on Old Timers Day. So. Eight and two in their last ten. Eight game win streak has now come to an end. They hold a four and a half game lead over Tampa, um, but Ooh. for the most part, another successful home stand. They are now home against the Toronto Blue Jays, kicking off a three game series before going to London to take on the Red Sox for two games. So let's just go through this series real quick. Like I said, 
took three out of four from Houston, a top American League, you know, the reigning, defending, actually, Red Sox won last year, 2017, 2017 World Series champs. But, again, one of the top teams in the American League. Uh, Game one, Paxton, I mean, not Paxton. Uh, They went with an opener, had a little bit of a scare. They were up six to nothing, um, and they only um, ended up winning by three. Uh, started going off with a Sanchez solo home run off of Valdez, a three-run homer by Glaber Torres, and then a two-run homer by everybody's favorite Yankee, DJ LeMayhew. So they're out to a 6 nothing lead in the fourth inning. Um, Chad Green threw two scoreless innings. Nestor Cortez Jr., who was recently called down and then called back up, uh, threw three innings, three hits, two runs, giving up two home runs, the back-to-backs. Um, Tommy Canely threw an inning, gave up a home run. David Hale pitched two and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, and one home run. So Yankees got out to a 6 nothing lead in the fourth inning. The Astros would come back and hit the two back-to-back home runs over off Cortez Jr. to make it 6-2. to two. Maven would come on in the fifth and hit a two-run double to make it 8-2. to two. Um, Canley then would give up the home run to, uh, to Alvarez to make it 8-3. to three. And then Edwin Encarnacion with a two-run homer in the seventh. Um, to make it ten to three, Astros would take would uh would get three runs back in the eighth and the ninth off of David Hale. So it kind of forced Chapman to come into the game to make the save when really wasn't necessary when the Yankees were up six to nothing. So the bullpen, you know, just did enough to not blow the game, which is ideal because the Yankees have one of the best bullpens in baseball. So in game one, they just did enough. They're still undefeated when using I think they're believe I think they're seven and zero when using an opener. So still effective, still good. And Carnacion's been playing very well since he's had his uh, Yankees debut. Um, he hasn't been bad. I mean, it's – I believe he's hit two home runs. I think multiple uh, multiple run home runs. I'm not sure how many actual base hits he has. But I think for the most part in this series, besides game one, he was pretty quiet. But overall – I guess you kind of get what you expect. Well. Yeah. He's he's doing he's doing his best. I mean, you can only do I give guys that are traded mid-season a little bit of slack because you're moving to a new area, it's, you know, you got a new team. Uh, you know, he he did play within the American League East with the with the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, for many years, but uh coming, who they are actually playing tonight. Yeah, who they're playing tonight. The thing about Edwin Encarnacion, that, that's just the thing. It's you know, it's a whole different thing. You know, we don't think about that because we're just fans and we want them to win and be successful, but we don't really think about what it takes for a player to move his whole family. Yeah. So I give him a little bit of a slack. I give him a little bit of slack, but when if you keep performing like you are, I mean, he's he has two home runs. I mean, that's great for as many games he's, as he's played. Yeah, he's still he's still making contact with the ball. Still got to so perform. He's, yeah, he's still got to perform at a high level. Yeah, but he's not playing every day, so we can only see – a small sample size of what he's doing. Game two, Paxson was on the hill, pitched great in five innings, five hits, one run, seven strikeouts. Adovino comes in, throws a scoreless inning. Canely and Britton throw scoreless innings. And then Chapman comes in in game two for his 21st save of the season. The Yankees got out to a 2-0 lead in the third off of Sanchez's two-run home run. Um, Houston came back to cut the lead in half, uh, two uh, RBI double off of Paxton, and then Glaber Torres broke the game open with a two-run homer off of Hector Rondon in the seventh. So not much going on there. The bullpen just did their thing. Um, it's good Paxton is really trying to find his form now after losing it a little bit. Only gives up one run. Bullpen really shuts the door. 
Game three was the exciting one. Game three, Tanaka versus Wade Miley. Tanaka threw six innings, gave up eight hits, two runs, one strikeout, and one home run. Jonathan Holder in relief, one inning, three hits, three runs. Ottavino threw a scoreless inning, and Britton got his third save of the year. Um, This one was fun. Uh, We were at Scott's graduation party, so we did not get to see all of this, but I saw the end. Yankees got out to a 2-0 lead in the fifth off a Gio Urshela home run. And it's kind of funny because he's being kind of forgotten about because all these guys are coming back. Stanton, Judge, um, Aaron Hicks is a little banged up. But, you know, since he's been back, DJ LeMayhew's getting time at third base now. So Gio Urshela kind of forgotten being a forgotten man as of late. But he hits a two-run homer off of Wade Miley. Um, Reddick for Houston comes back and hits a two-run homer off of Tanaka in the sixth. And then Giancarlo Stanton, I think, probably his best game. He had four RBIs in this game. Uh, a two-run single off of Will Harris in the sixth to give the Yankees a two-run lead. And then Jordan Alvarez, who has had, who killed the Yankees in this series, and we'll talk about game four, but he killed them there too. Um, it was – he had a three-run homer off of Holder in the seventh. So the Yankees were down one in the seventh inning. And then Austin Roman, the backup catcher, as everybody knows, kind of a fan favorite when he plays to give Gary Sanchez a night off. It's a solo homer in the seventh to tie the game. And then, of course, John Carlos stands to another two-run single off of Presley to score DJ LeMahieu and Judge to win the game seven to five. So a complete team effort there. Um, you like those kind of wins sometimes. You don't like to blow teams out all the time. I think a comeback win really brings character, and the Yankees have proved – that they can come back from large deficits. Well, this one wasn't necessarily a large deficit, but this team is capable of coming back. You know, when they're when they're down two, three, maybe even four runs, you're kind of confident they come back. And you know, even even in Game Four, I was watching the tail end of that game uh, in the ninth inning when they were still down nine to four. Um, I still I still had the back in the back of my head, kind of. The, these it's still the Yankees. They right. can still come back. It's only by five. Like, mm-hmm. like I didn't put anything past past their depth in the lineup that mm-hmm. they they wouldn't be able to do it. Unfortunately, they didn't. But I mean, you can't have every single one. Yeah. So so let's talk about that awful awful performance in Game Four. J Hap. I really got a bone to pick with this guy. Four innings, 11 hits, eight runs given up, three strikeouts, three home runs. Two strikeouts, three home runs. And then the one thing I told, the one thing I said last week is if I see Luis Sessa come in this game, I'm going to walk out. And ultimately, Luis Sessa came in the game, pitched four innings, gave up three hits, and his first batter gave up a home run. And surely we left in the seventh inning. <laughs> the Yankees were down nine to nothing in the fifth. I do not put anything on anybody but Jay Happ. An Altuve solo home run to start. The, he's the first batter of the game, an Altuve solo homer. Uh, Michael Brantley with an RBI single. Tyler White with the grand slam. The funny thing was, I called it. Called the Tyler. I didn't call. I thought I, you were going to say you no, caught it. I, I was ca- like, no, what? No, no. <laughs> I called the Tyler White grand slam. I go, this would be typical Aaron Boone to because nobody was warming up in the bullpen, of course. I look over, I'm like, okay, nobody's warming up. This is typical Aaron Boone. He's going to wait to keep J-Hap in this game until someone hits a grand slam. And bases loaded, Tyler White comes up and puts one in right field. Okay? He's still in the game after that grand slam. Alvarez, two-run homer, no big deal. Yuri Gurriel, solo home run. 9 nothing in the fifth inning. 
I don't trust Jay Happ worth a crap anymore. He's had an awful season. Cannot trust this guy. I told Scott, I was like, can we trade him for some starting pitching? Because we need it. They need it. I shouldn't be complaining. They took three or four from Houston, one of the top teams in the American League. But if Jay Happ keeps pitching like this, I don't I don't know what to do. Verlander played a hell pitched a hell of a game for Houston yesterday. But the highlight for the Yankees was that DJ LeMay, who hits a three-run homer off of him in the fifth, and to make the lead nine to nine to three. And then they added another run in the eighth to make it nine to four. Big deal. We were on the subway headed home by then. But I sound angry. I'm a little angry because I was there and Jay Happ just I knew he was going to do this to me. Knew he was going to do this. But uh, three out of four from Houston, happy about it. Could have been a lot worse. Um, J-Hab just never seemed to have it from the start. But on the bright side, the Yankees extend their uh, streak to 26 straight games with a home run, which ties a franchise record. They, that streak is in jeopardy right now. They could break it. Tonight against Toronto, if they don't, the streak will obviously be over. They're down 2 to nothing in the bottom of the fourth, and Stanton is out. Shocker there. You just got to put Luke Voigt up there. Uh, that's Luke Voigt has, hasn't hit a home run in a couple games, so I'm a little... He's due. He's, he's due. He's definitely due. Um, so, overall, I'm happy that they took three of four, three straight against the Houston Astros, who are going to contend for a World Series this year. Um, Could have been a lot worse, like I said. So, currently... They are in game one of a three-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays at home. Next, they go to London to take on the Red Sox for two games. Uh, that should be fun. The games are on at 10 o'clock in the morning. I will be full up and watch it. And then they got two games against the Mets at uh, City Field. So, favorable schedule coming up for the Yankees. I think I said this already, but they're 8-2 mm-hmm. in their last 10. Four-and-a-half game lead on Tampa Bay. I think it's a nine-game lead uh, against Boston. So, not paying like the Yankees are 19 games above 500. Nothing to worry about. Jay Happ just really pissed me off yesterday. Really made me mad. Couldn't couldn't get a batter out to save his life. But I should not focus on the negative. I'll just focus on that. Yeah, yeah they did. Pitches. They still won the series. Yeah. So again, nothing to worry about. He's yeah. just mad because he was at the game. I was. <laughs> Scott brought up a great point. Like if we weren't there and watching the game, I wouldn't have cared. Mm-hmm. But we were there, sitting front row in the bleachers, sweating our ass off. <laughs> but hurt because we're sitting in the bleachers and we didn't have any cushions. Note to self, bring butt cushion next time. Just note to self. Bring a bleacher seat. Yeah, is that what they're called? Is that what they're... I think so. Right. I don't know. Bring an ass cushion. Um, preferably one with a back. Maybe I'll invest in one. I, think, that, I think that's the, ben, uh, the, the bleacher seat. Yeah, but... I was just more pissed because I, you know, I had faith when DJ LeMahieu hit the three-run homer that, okay, they're only down by six with, you know, a couple innings left. They could chip away at this and maybe get to their get to their bullpen. Make it a ball game. Didn't happen. I kind of, part of me kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. I thought it was going to be a great day because Mariano Rivera was there, hit an inside-the-park home run on the first pitch he saw. It looked great. He's still throwing strikes at damn near 50 years old. Thought it was going to be a great day. Saw all the old timers. But then I thought to myself, I was sitting there watching this as the Yankees were down and out. I was like, huh, last time it was at Old Timers Day, they got destroyed too. Another note to self, never going back to Old Timers Day ever again. Been there, done that. And every time they get blown out. So speaking of things blowing up, 
Let's talk about the New York Mets. Joe, did you hear about um, the thing with the media yesterday, Mickey Calloway and Jason Vargas? I caught snippets of it. I didn't really pay attention to like. I didn't know how big it was mm. actually going to be. All right. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But the Mets surprisingly split with the Chicago Cubs. They lost game one, seven to four, one game two, five to four, one game three, 10 to two, and then lost in heartbreaking fashion yesterday, five to three. So Walker Lockett making his debut in game one, his major league debut, very rough, gave up six runs in, in the third inning after the Mets had a three, nothing lead in the third off of Carlos Gomez ground out and a Pete Alonso two run Homer. I'm sorry. He owns Wrigley field right now. Um, hitting a home run in, in two and two out of four of these two out of three or three out of four of these games. Um, but Walker Lockett has a tough outing giving up six runs in the third inning. Uh, the Cubs just piled it on, um, headlined by a Rizzo two-run double and a Javier Baez three, uh, and a Javier Baez uh, RBI triple, uh, forced the Mets down six to three, and then Javi hits a solo homer in the seventh. Todd Frazier added on a solo homer in the ninth, but it was pretty much done for the Mets by then. Jason Vargas took the hill in game two. He pitched four and two thirds, gave up four hits, four runs, three strikeouts, and a home run. Uh, Pounders and Lugo had scoreless inning, scoreless outings, and then Edwin Diaz comes in for the save, his 16th of the year. They were down 2-1 to one in the second because of a U Darvish RBI single. That's the pitcher, just in case you didn't know, Joe. Pitcher's hitting, wonderful thing, I guess. Uh, McNeil, who's been their best hitter without a doubt, best player, probably the team MVP, hits a solo homer off of Darvish in the third to make it 3-2. to two. Um, Chicago answers back with an Addison Russell two run homer off of Vargas in the fifth Conforto hits one in the sixth off of Darvish to tie it at two tied at four. Sorry. Um, McNeil would add it on an RBI single in the seventh to give the Mets a five to four lead. Edwin Diaz would close out the game and the Mets would win game three was an absolute demolition by the New York Mets. Offense gets nine runs off of Jose, of off of Jose Quintana, the starter for the for the Cubs. Um, Pete Alonso hits another home run in the first. McNeil grounds out to score ground out to score two runs in the second. Uh, a Todd Frazier two run homer to put the Mets up five to nothing. A McNeil RBI single, Conforto RBI single, and a rare Wilson Ramos two run homer to make it five to no, nine to nothing in the fifth. Why can't the Mets just put this together all the time? I really don't get it. They have, in a series, they they maybe have one of these games where they hit the ball amazingly, and somehow they don't win the game, but they were able to win this one in stellar fashion, 9 to nothing. Uh, No, it was 10 to 2. Was it 10 to 2? Yeah, it was 10 to 2. And then... After that win, as a Mets fan, you're feeling good. Game four, you got DeGrom on the mound, huge game, and this is what happens. DeGrom pitches six innings, gives up eight hits, two runs, nine strikeouts, another gem by the reigning Cy Young winner. Seth Lugo comes in, pitches one and a third, gives up three hits, three runs, and a home run. I can't blame that on Seth Lugo because Mickey Calloway left him in way too long. It's been talked about all day today about how Seth Lugo was just left. He pitched 41 pitches, left him in way too long, 
Mets are down one nothing in the second. Then Pete Alonso again hits a solo homer in the fourth off of Cole Hamels to tie the game. Uh, Tomas Nito then homered in the fifth to give them a two to one lead. And then Degrom got up at the plate and hit an RBI single off of Hamels as well in the fifth to give them a three to one lead. And then Seth Lugo comes in. He didn't have his stuff whatsoever, and Mickey Callaway decided to stick with him because he's been their best reliever the past couple months. And then. And then Chicago gets up. Anthony Rizzo hits an RBI single off of DeGrom in the fifth to cut the lead to one. And then the Javi Baez three-run homer in the eighth off of Lugo. And then, of course, you know, Mickey Callaway under all this scrutiny and whatnot, being, you know, heavily, I wouldn't say harassed by the New York media, but it's very hard to – our media is not easy to yeah, deal with it's, it's, in any sport. It's a rough – it's 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 not good. But before we get to that, the bright side is Pete Alonzo breaks the Mets rookie home run record uh, before the All-Star break with 27 home runs previously held by Daryl Strawberry. This guy is on a tear. Absolute. No, no doubt about it. All-Star for the National League this year. Um, I have a couple complaints, though, about why the Mets lost game four, uh, you know, again, with keeping Lugo in too long. You know, backfires on the Baez three-run homer after having the 3-1 lead. But how do they not play Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto? I am sick and freaking tired of these analytics. I feel bad for – I almost feel bad for Mickey Calloway because he's not – I don't think he's even being able to manage. I think Brody Van Wagenen and the Wilpons have complete control over this situation. It's almost like what's going on with the Jets, you could say. It's almost the same kind of situation, how Christopher Johnson makes all the decisions and whatnot. Mm. This is kind of the same thing. Brody Van Wagenen's not able to, I mean, um, Mickey Callaway's not able to manage his game. I feel like they, the Mets would be a little better off if he had some control. But it's kind of the same situation with the Yankees, except the Yankees are winning. And they're 19 games above 500. The Mets doesn't work out for them. Why you don't play McNeil? Why you don't play... Conforto after what after what what McNeil has done and Conforto too he's got 14 15 home runs on the year the guy's been amazing he's been outstanding for them um but of course the headline yesterday was the whole media thing with the with the daily news guy um Mickey Callaway was the story's kind of I don't wish he watched it's really I don't really know what to think of it. It was Callaway was passing by a news. Uh, was it? It was a Newsday reporter, and so a sarcastic remark was said, and Mickey Callaway got real pissed about it. You know, kicked the guy out, uh, wanted the wanted the guy out of the clubhouse, and then apparently the reporter looks at Jason Vargas for some reason, and Vargas just freaked out. He was like, "Don't." effing look at me you know i'm gonna knock you the f out stuff like mm-hmm. that was actually said yeah i was just reading the, the article on it and uh he said i guess i guess vargas caught wind of what was going on right and, and kind of stepped in and had to be held back by teammates yeah which if that doesn't say dysfunction yeah i don't know what does like we knew the Met, we know the Mets are dysfunctional. They're five games below 500 they're not in a great spot their manager cannot even manage the team he's got handcuffs on He's being controlled by upper management and the Wilpons, the owners. And again, the funny thing is, though, 
The Mets are three games out of a wild card spot. They can make it. Although I've called them dead, like they're still three games out of a wild card spot. Yeah, very possible. But if the manager was actually able to manage, and me sticking up for Mickey Callaway is a rare thing, but he's like, how could you not play your one, two of your three best players? When you have the chance to take the series against the Chicago Cubs team that is really good, full of stars, how I, that just doesn't make sense. Like you're content with a split in Chicago and then go play the Phillies who have lost eight in a row. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Mets. They, I, I can't even be mad. I can't even blame Mickey Callaway for being mad. For people that say, "Oh, he's got to control himself," bullcrap, bullcrap. He's pissed. I would be pissed, too, if I wasn't able to manage the team. If I was being told who to play and what to do mm-hmm. and, you know, who to play in the line. I would be pissed, too, if I was Mickey Callaway. It's frustrating because you're there to do a job and, and you're not being able You're Somebody else is, is forcing opinions on you, to basically telling you how to do your job, like micromanaging you. He's the manager. You have the general manager and the owner who, frankly, knows jack shit. About baseball. Sorry. Like, the Wilpons are as clueless as the Johnsons, as James Dolan. They're up there. They're up there with being that bad. And just from an outside fan looking in to the Mets, to what they're doing, it's so... I could like I can only imagine how Mets fans feel. Like, again, there are Mets fans out there that blame Mickey Callaway. I've learned pretty quickly, like, this guy has no say. Just uh, think of how you no felt. Say. Think of how you felt on in the game that you went to. Times how many games is there? One hundred and sixty-two. Yeah, basically. Just allow the guy to do his job. I know he's a first-time manager, but he's been doing it for for a year now, and now he's gonna get fired after two years after not getting a shot. I hope that because he's gonna get fired. Let, let's just put it out on the table. If he gets another job, if he gets another job. And he in a situation where he's actually able to manage a game, I hope that bites the Mets in the ass. I really hope it does. Because the Wilpons and Brody Van Wagen, and I'm sorry, have no idea what they're doing. No idea what they're doing. That's all I have to say about that. It's it, You know it's bad when a non-Mets fan is pissed off about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just allow the it, guy it, to manage. It's just it's frustrating looking looking at his position is just frustrating. Screw analytics. I say the same thing about Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone's the same way. Brian Cashman controls him, who you know goes up to the Steinbrenners. But the difference is the Yankees win. The Yankees have talent and are willing to spend money. The Wilpons are cheap. They and they can't manage a baseball team. That's all it is. The Wilpons have the Mets need to be sold. They need to be sold. Even worse than the Jets, I think. The Mets would be so much better off with new ownership. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's baseball in the week. That's I was just going to say. And that's a wrap on baseball. The Mets coming up. They have um, four game. Is it? I need my sheet here. I lost it. Okay. They have four games set against the Phillies in Philly. Three games set against the Braves. And then two games against the Yankees. Again, not a favorable schedule. Even though the Phillies are slumping, they've lost eight in a row. But if it, if I'm the Phillies, I'm looking at the Mets like, time to get on a run yeah. now. Time to sweep them in four games. Time to go. Then against the Braves, who are winning the division right now, and then against the Yankees, who just coming off eight straight wins before they lost yesterday. 
not a favorable thing for the New York Mets right now, especially with now Syndergaard. He's on the IL, but he's throwing a rehab game, I think, very soon within the next couple of days. But you're throwing out Walker Lockett. You're throwing out, I mean, Jason Vargas has been better, but he's no Cy Young. But uh, I hate to say that the Mets are dead, but I just don't. I, until proven otherwise, I will say that they're out of it. I hate to say that in June, late June, but what else do you want me to say? If there's any Mets fan out there that actually believes that they're still alive, again, they're three games out of a wild card spot. There's reason to be optimistic. There's reason to believe. But do you have confidence in this crop of people that are running your organization that you'll get there? I certainly would not. That's baseball for the week. We're going to take a break because I need to breathe a little bit. When we come back, deep breaths. When we come back, we're going to talk about something real nice. Something a lot more enticing. A lot more enticing. The Devils, wow. Have you impressed me? Have you got me over the moon for the I'm, first time since 2012? I'm impressed. I, I don't know how to I really want it. your opinion on this. I'm really excited to know your opinion on this. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. All right, guys. Welcome back. Boy, oh boy. Do the New Jersey Devils have me giddy. Wow. I can't get over this. I am still hyped up about it. Joe, as an opposing fan, first, just in case you didn't know, the Devils traded a bag of rocks for one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Former Norris Trophy winner, P.K. Subban. Let's rephrase that. Wow. Steven Santini. Rock. Jeremy Davies. Never even heard of him. 2019 second round pick. You can have him. And a 2020 second round pick. Go ahead and take it. For P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban. Norris Trophy winner. Hey, uh, Nashville. What are you doing? Pull an Edmonton Oilers on me. Love it. Ray Shiro is a freaking wizard. He's a wizard. (sighs) He is Gandalf the Great. How? How? How does it even... How do you accept that trade? How much does that hurt you? I just have to know. How much does that hurt you? Very much. Because right before this, we had the, the... blockbuster trade for Jacob Truba. Hmm. Seems like nothing now, does it? Who we thought was good. It was it no, 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 no. I'm saying who what we thought at trade-wise was a very beneficial trade. Right. I mean, we traded away somebody with somewhat like a high level of potential and a, a first round draft Truba's pick. not established so you don't really know what you're getting he's, he's well good uh, no. make you oh my god no he's not that is not Great. he's not established i think last year really he started that phase of right. himself right whether it continues yeah is yet to be seen mm-hmm. pk suban on the other hand is, is is you know what you're getting established you know what you're getting and to trade him for two second-round draft picks, which is, in the NHL, is still a high draft pick because you have seven rounds. Um, and a prospect that really, for Nashville, the Devils, didn't, didn't, they really didn't see Nashville anything. Nashville must have loved him. And didn't even know Steven guy. Santini. Who's who, a third-line yeah. defenseman. So 
kudos to 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 Ray Shiro for that wizard, um, absolute wizard. All right, so wow. take that. Does, so it still baffles me. I, when I saw it come through on my notifications, I was like, oh, "Are you what?" And you actually are broke you the news to me? me. I had no idea. Are you kidding? You me? broke the news to me. I and knew. I, I knew PK Subban was up there with the trade going on and everything. I didn't hear much about the Devils no. at no. all. Almost like there was a little bit going on, like yeah, a couple, like yeah. a month before there was, the draft. There was, bit. there was kind of, it was kind of like, yeah, I mean, there's, a, it's, a, he's a landing, uh, New Jersey's a landing spot for him, but there's other places. I, it, it baffles me. It really so, does. So take the take the professionalism out of that. Talk to me as a Ranger fan. I mean, as a Ranger fan. I'm going to be obviously a little biased. What That's has what, what has he done in the past three years, other than the Norris Trophy two years ago? What did he do in Nashville this past year? He didn't do what he did when he was a, a first year Nashville player. He was, I think, that was when he won the Norris Trophy. Correct when he was in Nashville the first no. time, or was that in Montreal? That was definitely Montreal. I th- Double check that because I thought it was when he was in Nashville the first year. You might be right because it was twenty. I believe it was twenty seventeen. I think he's been there. Norris Trophy for no, he was, or maybe he was in the running. I swore he was, he won the Norris Trophy in seventeen. No, no, twenty thirteen. Okay, so that makes my point even even higher up there. So he was definitely in Montreal. He was at the top of his game then. Yes, absolutely. When he went to Nashville, he was still a highly rated player. I mean, they traded Shea Weber and him straight up. Yes. So yeah. they obviously and Shea Weber. Hitting. Shea Weber flopped that year. Mm. I don't think Shea Weber had that well of a season that year. Mm. PK Subban, on the other hand, when he went to Nashville, he thrived. That first year, he thrived. Mm. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals. But then what? He kind of Wide fell off the face. He, he kind of fell off the face of his face of the earth. True. I don't even think he was in the running for Norris Trophy winner this year. Let's see. I don't. I mean, there were some big names that weren't in the running for Norris Trophy, like Brett Burns. I don't Who think ended up winning it. Norris Trophy. Did that come out yet? It did. It was a few days ago. All right. He scored. Last year, he scored nine goals, 22 assists, so he had 31 points all last year. Jacob Truba had 50, I'm just saying. All right, well, that's not P.K. Subban-like, though. 31 yeah, points. Absolutely. That's not, absolutely. you know. What has he done in the, in the previous seasons? He's been, been with Nashville for three years. So now, so the year before that, 59 points. The year 2016-17, 40 points. So that's pro- that's his lowest mark of, you know, of his career since 2009, 2010, when he only had two points. But yeah, but he only played, he two, only games. played two games. So, I mean, what are you getting with him? He's on the the latter part of his career. He's 29. He'll be third. Well, he'll, he'll, yeah, be, he'll 30 be 30 this coming year. He's got yeah. three more years left on his contract from Nashville, or from well, I guess from whatever Montreal gave him that they traded to Nashville, but. I think we're getting well. Let's see. I in, in year, all honesty, I think you're getting a name. 
And this is coming from a Rangers mm-hmm. fan who has gotten Rick Nash, mm-hmm. who has gotten Shat- Kevin Shattenkirk, who has gotten uh, Yamir Yager. Look at what happened when they went mm-hmm. to the Rangers. Yeah, but and it's but a tough. It's a tough city to play thing. in. It's a tough city, uh, tough uh, stadium to play in. But coming to Jersey after coming from Nashville is a little bit of a downgrade. I get that, but um, I I just don't know in the latter part of his career unless he pulls a Yammer Yager and plays until he's 50, 60, 70 uh, years old. I don't know if anybody can repeat that. But. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily, they're necessarily getting well. They're getting a name, but they're getting an established guy. Uh, he's you can't deny he's like maybe besides last year. He's a you know what you're getting. You're getting a leader, right? You're getting a leader, which is good. If you're in this rebuilding and, stage and you're you're looking to to lead players like um, Nico Heischer, uh, Nico Heischer, Omeri, you know Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, yeah. Then but here's the great. the main thing though the Devils needed something so they got something and now you have two, a really good something now you have two star-studded players in Taylor Hall and PK Subban and that's the next thing they got to work on is resigning Taylor Hall long term because mm-hmm. it seems now that now PK Subban's here he's he great chance that he will sign long term here yeah, possibly yeah to finish out probably to finish out his career which is a good move in in. His financial aspect. Yeah, and what's and what what I like is that PK Subban genuinely wants to be here, wants to be here long term, wants to win a Stanley Cup here. Now that, you, you can't can be buy. Done. The thing is, you can't buy into that. No, completely. No, because they are professional athletes. Yeah. They still do say things. Listen, take John Tavares. Get that, take John yeah, Tavares. Yeah. I want to be in Long Island. John I wanna, Tavares, Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. You know much about him. 17-year freaking so, contract. No, take take John Tavares last year. Words, honestly, it for professional athletes, Nothing. to me. It means a damn thing. They're just like politics. It means a damn thing. <sighs> so, you got some Ranger stuff, too, you want to talk about, right? Goaltender? Yeah. Uh, d- obviously, I told you guys about the um, developmental camps starting up. Um, a big name in the developmental camp for the New York Rangers right now is Igor Shishkin. You, you, forgot, you forgot how to do it. Didn't yeah, you? I did. Um, Russian guy. Russian goalie who we just signed. Uh, he's been playing in the KHL on the team of Mother Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, he went 24-4 and with a 1.1 uh, goals against average, a .9. Five three save percentage, which is pretty much ridiculous for a I think twenty three year old in the KHL. Um, a lot of people, a lot of uh, article news articles are saying he is the next heir to the throne to t- to take over um, Henrik Lundqvist's spot as the starting goaltender of the Rangers. Um, now, where does that leave Georgiev? Because again, we were so high on Georgiev. I think nobody's giving him a chance. They're writing they're Georgia? Right, they're yeah, they're riding him off for a you know a very highly rated prospect. I get it. But you had had one really good year out of a guy that you know nothing about coming into this year. Like it'll create a good goalie competition if the Rangers are gonna bring him up. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, again, one thing: Are you going to carry three goaltenders on a roster? No, you could. That is uh, absolutely That's not common. Though. Yeah, it is. Absolutely is. You scratch one. That's normally normally how it how you do. Yeah, but Just still, in case he doesn't, even, he doesn't even suit up though. No, no, you're right. But so it's basically he's you know he's not really on the roster for that day. Now, who are you talking about? Any Georgiev I'm talking or about the kid? Shesh. Yeah. Yeah. You're really you're really gonna address this guy who know like against Georgiev who performed really well in a bad season last year, who played the majority of the games last year. He ended up starting thirty games. Yeah. After Longquish has had a bad year, he did. Yeah, it was a bad. Absolutely. Year. I don't Georgiev disagree. picked it up. He gave. I think he gave the Rangers that one glimmer of hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Now you're just gonna. Bag them and the Rangers. Are I mean, pull, the Rangers the are going to do what they do. They're going to trade a good goaltender prospect away, and he's going to become a star somewhere. I. That's absolutely what I'm looking at, and I mean, this kid has been in the news for a little bit now, especially obviously overseas more so because he was playing in the KHL. But this kid, he definitely has the potential. Yeah. He went four for five in in the postseason with a 1.95 uh, goals against average. And a nine oh four um, save percentage, which is is pretty good. So, so what do you what would you want then? Starting starting this year, I think I think that you need to see how training camp goes. You're going to face them off. These mm-hmm. are the two guys that you're going to be looking to, Georgiev and and what? How do you say his name? <laughs> Sheshkukin. The Russian guy. Sheshkukin. Yes. However you pronounce it, I'm sorry, but it's a hard name right now. I'll catch on eventually. Um, I think you just have to have them duel it out in in training camp. I don't like... I really do. Because either way, they're not going to be the starter this year. That's what it looks like. Georgiev could be. It could be. If Holonkos has another bad year like he did this past... I'm putting Georgiev in that. I'm not even thinking anything about it. Could be. Like, Lundqvist has two more years on the contract. Like, okay, well, let him ride it out. Put him in. He's he's not the same player he once was. It's time for it's time to realize that now. It's time to it's time to get over this. You know, okay, he's the king. He'll forever be the king of you know of the Rangers. Whatever. I'm not just saying that as a not a fan of the Rangers. I'm saying that as, as just from what I see. Mm-hmm. It's time for the Rangers to make some kind of transition. You got Henrik Lundqvist for I think two, I think it's two more years on two or three more years on his contract. Uh, I don't. They're not going to buy him out. They're not going to release him. It, just have him play. He doesn't have to play every day anymore. Yeah, he shouldn't have to. Yeah. The Rangers are rebuilding, so rebuild the right way. You can't rebuild with a young second overall pick and an old goaltender. The thing is you want you want this young player to play under Lundqvist for a little bit. See how it's done because they're saying his uh Sheshkinen's, um comparison on ice is almost exact to Henrik Lundqvist. But listen to this. So if you want him to have this type of success in in the in the big leagues in the right. NHL, you have him shadow this guy right. for a little bit. But listen to this. If the Rangers next year, let's say by sheer miracle, they get Panarin. They get Panarin. They have um, Truba. Truba. Who else they have? They got Adam Zibinijad. Fox. Zibinijad. 
Capo Caco. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say this team gets off to a great start. They're playing really well. They're in a playoff spot. And then Henrik Lundqvist doesn't play up to par. Well, then that's that's what you do like with what the Islanders did. The Islanders kept switching goalies. Right. They they said, "Okay, you're hot now. You're playing. We're staying with the hot hand." Right. But last year that was Georgiev. You know, I just think but you can't say that with him only starting thirty games. I know we we praised him a lot. We did because Lundqvist that's a, did. That's a big enough sample Lundqvist, size, though. Lundqvist had a subpar year. That's what he did. He did. He had a subpar year. Georgiev, first year in the NHL, thirty games, he lit it up. He did. He played great. He did. I'm not going to deny it. And, and I'm not making and the excuse. I was say, at, at first, I was saying Georgiev should transition to starter at some point during last season, and it didn't happen. But it's the respect factor for the Lundqvist. Yeah. He is. He's the king of New York. New York hockey. Get it right. New York hockey. I'm sorry. Uh, if it's, if, it's if I'm rough, running the Rangers... It's a rough situation right now. If I'm running the Rangers... Because you don't want Lundqvist to... Hate the guy that's going to be his heir. You well, want him. You want him to be able to take him under his wing. And and if it's Georgiev, awesome. If it's Sheshkinen, awesome. If I'm running this team, Longquist starts the year. The Rangers get off to like if they're playing well, but he's not there with them. Like he's letting up a lot of goals. But the Rangers are so good, like they got talent. Yeah. They're scoring a lot of goals. They're scoring more than it's letting in. Right. If that's the case, but Lundqvist is letting up three, two, three, four goals a game, which, I, which, how realistic is that? We don't really know. But let's say he's giving up three goals a game, like, and then you put Georgiev in there, and he's get he's getting two one goal games. He's letting up one two goals a game. Yeah, but now. With the save percentage that this guy had, with uh, Sheshkin, who what, has uh, 1.5, what was it? A 1.1 goals against average? Again, but that's in, a, that's in yeah, I know, I know not, it's professional, yeah. but it's not the This is what you, you, you get to compare to. Right. And the other thing that is super surprising is Sheshkin was a fourth-round pick. Like it, it wasn't supposed to be Which at kudos this Kudos to the Rangers coach, like goalie coaching staff. Yeah, they, scouting. They just, all, yeah, they've put them on a conveyor belt for a lot for mm -hmm. for what we know about. But if I'm the Rangers, you send Lundqvist out there. You let Georgiev sit. You let Lundqvist play out his contract. Then you bring this guy up. I mean, if I'm any other team, I'm drooling. Over Georgiev right now. Right. I'd be sending trade right. offers like crazy. Absolutely. Just to see. Because you know the Rangers want to bring plays. this young guy up. Yeah. Yep. If I'm the Rangers, I play Lundqvist. He's the starter. Whatever. Georgiev's the backup. Let think, this kid simmer for two more years. I'd say one. I really would. I would say one, keep him in the minors for now. I'm saying, let him play I'm it saying out. let Lundqvist play out his contract, and then you go from there. Oh, and then uh, you have Georgiev and this guy compete. Now, like the control over this guy, I don't know what the details about that. But when was he? When was he picked? Last year, four years ago. Four year, oh, he was picked. He was a draft pick four years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it, that may be been... a control issue. That may there may be like a I don't know how hockey works with prospects. Like how much year of control? Like how many years of control well, normally, they have over them? 
Well, they just signed him. He was drafted right. four years okay. ago, All right. and they never signed him. Now his they his just entry, signed him. Yeah, they just signed okay. him. This so past they can offseason. afford to have him sit and play in yeah. in the AHL for two two years. Let's say let's say Lundqvist, his contract is up in two years, I believe, and you say goodbye to Henrik. He retires. Then you have him and Georgiev. If Georgiev's still going to be around, if they don't trade him by then, mm-hmm. you have them compete. If Georgiev plays well, that's what that I think that's the X factor in this. If Georgiev plays like he played last year in significant more time, then you have to make a case. If Georgiev just had a fluke of a thirty-game year last year, then you can say, okay, we'll bring this kid up. You know, Georgiev, we're kind of we're moving on from you. Let's play play with this a little bit. I just have a little theory going on in my head. Devils need a goalie. Mm. I would trade for him. A Taylor Hall's at the no. end of his contract. Get out of here. <laughs> Not for that. Sorry. I don't need a gold. I will ride Corey Schneider, Mackenzie Blackwood. No, sorry. Not happening. Not at all. No Actually, bite. No bite. No, no bite. I wouldn't I wouldn't make a trade with the Rangers. I wouldn't. Even I was going it, to say it's it's even, very unlikely even, because of that rivalry. Even if it would be for I'm a not saying that's who I like. Yeah. Which I I, I like just wanted Georgia. your opinion on if you would want to take Georgiev, no, or I would not make. Well, you would want his. If Ray Shiro's pulling his wizardry, yeah, then I will take Georgiev off your hands, no problem. If I'm giving you a fourth round pick for him, yeah, so. I'll give you a fourth round pick for <laughs> your potential franchise goalie. Sure. A little bit other stuff from the Rangers. Um, obviously, you had mentioned Artemi Panarin um, is meeting is on his way to New York actually to meet with the Rangers. But as I dug a little further, he is also coming to New York to meet with the Islanders. So on both is he fronts, a stop in Newark anytime? No, probably not. Um, really? And Anders Lee is actually looking into the Blackhawks. He is, he is going for a meeting with Chicago um, in in the very near future. I I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, a few names to just mention out of the Rangers developmental camp that's had a little bit of traction. DeAndre Miller, defenseman who we drafted last season. Um, obviously, Capo Caco, uh, Sheshkinen, uh, Igor Sheshkinen, the goalie. Um, who else? There was one other one I wanted to mention. That's escaping me right now. But I'll get back. Well, we know the Ra- like that. the Rangers goaltender situation is they they're pretty set. They got options. Yeah, goaltending which, which is good yeah. because Lundqvist's contract situation and his age, and he's going to retire two three years from now. So they're setting themselves up for the future, which they should do, which they need to do. All right, we need the break. Good hockey talk, Joe. It was a very good discussion. It was I enjoyed that very much. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about basketball. What's up? Adam Fox was the other name. Adam Fox. Uh, the, who we got out of Carolina. Um, the Nets are now the favorite to sign KD. What you think of that? Whatever. Um, something about the Knicks. We'll talk about that when we come back. And some Jets and Giants training camp dates just came out. And we'll talk about that. And we'll end with on the state sports history like we always do. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports. Be on Anchor FM. All right, guys. Welcome back. For our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the New York Knicks, and oh, it was such a good week last week. You draft R.J. Barrett. You know, he's happy to be a Nick. For once, somebody's happy to be a Nick. Wonderful, great, love to see that. And then I see this today, that the NBA finds the Knicks 
$50,000 for not allowing the New York Daily News to the post-draft press conference. Well done, James Dolan. You've done it yet again. You absolute moron of an owner. I don't like the New York Daily News either. But, like, the NBA is so right to just fine you for just not allowing petty. not allowing people in You're the being building. Petty. Like, what? Stop. I know. He's so annoying. I cannot deal with this guy anymore. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like, why? Why? Like, do you really care about other people's opinions? He does. That much? He does. That's the word. He does. He does. Oh, Jesus. He's the worst owner of any of my sports franchises. That's saying a lot. Knowing I'm a Jet fan with the Johnson brothers, the Johnson Johnson baby wipe guys, like James Dolan, like oh, you need to just stop, like just let the basketball people do their thing. You cannot ban people from your arena, like you're not a you're not a oh my you're not a monarch. What are you doing? Do I really have to go on another rant about you? No. <laughs> because you know what? It's it's a waste of breath. He's going to be petty. He's going that, to be petty. that rant was pretty legendary last night. It was. Time, it was really good. And I don't think you would be able to top it now. So Well, like good for you, like good for you, the NBA. Like, screw James Dolan. Find him fifty thousand dollars. Like that's that's chump change to him, obviously, but five hundred thousand you need next time. Five hundred million. Like I don't like I the New York Daily News either. I don't like Manish Mehta for the Jets. I don't like their sports column. What they write, it's just a personal preference. James Dolan thinks that the New York Daily News like after to get him. Like, I don't think that's true. Like, there's other places I'd rather read my news, my sports news, when it comes to that. But like, they're not trying. They're not coming out to get you, James, Jim, Jimmy, whatever. They're not coming to get you, dude. Just let him go. And Stop being so you know how you avoid that? Stop doing stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you avoid problems. that? Stop doing stupid crap like that. Oh, you know good, what? And you know what? They probably would have had a good thing to say about him because they he was in part drafted RJ Barrett. Like, come he on. He did not do that. I but I'm saying they, they were gonna I would give no they, credit no, to James. No, Dolan they were gonna write him. a good piece on RJ Barrett. They weren't gonna write a garbage piece on him. Well now. <laughs> well now, it. yeah, I would it now. now. But I'm saying, like, come on. Really? I hate James. I hate James. I, I, I don't hate a lot of people. I hate James Dolan. Maybe he's doing hate. it just because he wants his name in the in in the in the newspaper. Listen, if I was if I was the owner of a like wow. Deep I'm br- I'm bringing Deep up breaths. I'm bringing up old things, but like the fact that you go on Michael K's show and read your roster of your players, you don't even know their names, Jim. What are you doing? First of all, if you don't know the names of your players, why are you going on national radio to talk about them, Jim? Oh, God. That's, this just, woke me up. That's just embarrassing. And he doesn't do this for the Rangers. No, Can't do this for the Rangers because I don't root for the Rangers. Guarantee you if I did, he'd be doing the same no, crap. No, please, please don't because I don't want him anywhere near the Rangers. You know, I'm happy for you that you don't have to deal with that. 
you don't hear anything about James Dolan and the Rangers in the same sentence ever, except for the fact that he owns them. Oh, we're gonna do this for the Knicks. You know, the Knicks are gonna be back. Nobody wants to come here because of you, Jim. I'm sorry. Watch what you say. He might. He might ban you. Gr- great, great. Ban me from the building. Put my picture up on Madison Square Garden. Put it up on a billboard. I'm not allowed there. Great. I don't want to be there anyway. The Knicks are terrible. They'll always be terrible. Not always. Because they get Kevin Durant. They're not going to, Jim. Because you know why? You're the owner. KD doesn't want to come here. Kyrie doesn't want to come here. Anthony Davis didn't want to come here. You know why? It's not because it's New York and they can't handle it. Nobody wants to work for you, Jim Dolan. And it's crap like this. You ban people from your arena. You don't run a kingdom. As much as you think Madison Square Garden is such a kingdom, it's a trash heap. From what you put on the court. Not and the ice. I, well, the Rangers aren't really good right now, Not but right they now. will be. But at least the Rangers rebuild the right way. The Knicks are a dumpster freaking fire because of you. The Jets and Giants released their training <laughs> camp schedules. The Jets will have five open practices, including the green and white scrimmage at Rutgers this year. And the Giants have ten open practices at their Timex training center in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Oh, <sighs> so that's good. Five, five training camp sessions for the Jets. Love to hear that. That's awesome. Oh. Wow, we're only six minutes in. That's great. That was a six-minute ramp. <laughs> like, am I wrong, though? Like, no. No, you're not. And I feel, like, I kind of feel bad because, like, he's the owner of the Rangers, and you don't. You don't hear about him. But then you look at the Knicks, and... Trash heap. He's there. He's here. He's there. He's there. I just hate seeing his face. Anyway, five open practices for the Jets, including the green and white scrimmage. We were there at the green and white scrimmage last year. It was kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's a normal practice, so we kind of won't be making the trip for that anymore. No, no, no. But um, we, as now privileged ticket holders, get uh, access to the tickets early tomorrow. So that's cool and fun. Awesome. We will definitely figure um, that out. Go, uh, the Jets tickets go on sale the 26th. Seventh, so we will have some cool pictures from one yes. of the um, one of the training camps because we will because again season ticket holders um, will have a VIP access mm-hmm. to a one a single training camp. Did you just hear the like? No, remember that's what we we asked for when we oh, right. we purchased the season. Right my head. So. We will have that. We'll get to meet with some of the players, get some cool autographs, uh, hopefully meet with Le'Veon Bell, cool. Sam Darnold, C.J. Mosley, Kalecha Osemele. Oh, everyone loves Kalecha Osemele. Hopefully, Jamal Adams. That'd be nice. Please. That'd be nice. I will um, be in my glory. I will have him pick me up. <laughs> you want to bet? I will I will make sure I have that picture. <laughs> um. So, five open practices. Is that like... You think that's enough? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't think you need more. It was especially four last with year. Espe- especially with like a whole new team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you want as much isolation as mm-hmm. you can get. So I think five is plenty. Um, um, Jets fans are complaining about it, but you get these complaints every year that, but they're all on weekends. So they're all one's on a Saturday. The three at Atlantic health dreads training center is on three of them are on a Sunday. Um, the one at Rutgers is on a Friday, but I always get, I always read these Twitter comments whenever the Jets released their training camp schedule. Why don't we go back to Hofstra? Why don't you love your Long Island fans? Because the Jets, for years, for most yeah. of their most of their years, trained at Hofstra and in Long Island. It's a it's the the Atlantic Health Building. Beautiful. I think is 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 awesome. Like, I really do. Like you don't even, and that's just not leave. because not just because it's close mm-hmm. to us. I'm yeah. saying just in general, it's yeah. a very nice facility. I mean, it's a very nice complex. All right, maybe like once, maybe maybe the Jets have one open practice a year. You know, I would sacrifice for the fellow Jet fan. I would fact, I would, I would sacrifice one. And like instead of going to Rutgers for a green and white scrimmage, go to Hofstra and practice one. You know, there's a lot of Jet fans in Long Island. Go practice one in Long Island. You don't have to go to Rutgers. Like, it's still a drive for people from Long Island. It's still, yeah. it's a drive for us. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. Instead of going to Rutgers, where you know, you, you know, they get a the good thing turnout. Is, the thing is, you can't convenience everybody. No, you so can't. you're never going to be able no. to. You never will. No, the Jets get so. a good turn. They they do get a good turnout at Rutgers. Yeah. they got a pretty good turnout last year when we were there. Um, the bleachers were completely full. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't inconvenience me because the Jets are. The training center is 20 minutes from our, from where we live. So, but for the Long Island Nick uh, Jets fans and, you know, it, it Brooklyn, is, yeah. whatever, it's the, it's kind of the Jets going back to their roots. That's what that's And, you know, what we've, we've said before that we want, we want the Jets to be New York's team. We yeah. want them to move back to New York. So if they do, yeah, well, it sucked that we're, like, not close again uh, anymore not 45 but, minutes away but but it'll still be really cool yeah like i would still love for i've said this the, time the and, actual yeah. new york we've Jets. talked about this on here i've said time and time again the ideal spot it's not going to happen but the ideal spot is for them to move back to queens yeah right next to city field whether you can fit that i don't know I, i'm not too keen on them moving to brooklyn I think it would be cool just because I played juniors yeah, I, in it, the same it commute area. stinks. It, yes, it's awful. You know, I would got to like, pay an arm and a leg in tolls just to get there. Even if you want to take the tra- even if you want to take the train, the subway, it, that gets expensive. Um, especially if you're a season ticket holder, you're paying more money to yeah. you know take public transportation. To, from Jersey, it's thirty dollars to go to. Well, the good thing, the good thing is that nothing's been released that they are no. absolutely moving. They have an opt so, out in twenty twenty one, I believe it is. But yeah, so uh, there's no, we're not moving for another two years at least. Yeah. So I don't even think it's gonna happen. Hold your horses. To be honest, I don't think it's gonna happen in the first place. Like I the hope stadium, the stadium's ten years old. I like MetLife Stadium. A lot of Jet fans yeah. don't. I just want our own. Yeah, our own stadium would be nice. The lower Manhattan one, if it seemed nice, if if the Giants want to move, great, you can go move. Go, you can go move. Go ahead, that's perfect. But that, that's been the Giants' home forever. Yeah. Like you, like maybe they need a new home. Let's be like, let's be realistic. Yeah, for they're going to have to start paying rent. Yeah, let's be realistic <laughs> for a minute. Like the Jets have called that home, have called the Meadowlands home since the seventies. Has it really? We like MetLife. But does it really feel like the Jets' home when no. you're there? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it, 
we need our own place. Like I don't want like it's time. Yeah, to jump out of the the nest. Yeah, it's time to move out. It's yeah, really. Like the Johnsons, you can afford it with all those baby wipes and oil you sell. Like, <laughs> like just you know, just get us a new stadium. Whether it's the Lower East Side of Manhattan, maybe they'll move. Queens. Maybe they'll move somewhere and let uh, James Dolan run the team. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what the worst part was? I'm so you know, sorry. You know what the worst part is? Jim Dolan had a chance to own the Jets when Leon has passed away and the Jets were looking yeah. for new ownership. Yeah, it was between Jim Dolan and the Johnsons. Best of both worlds. Well, maybe he would have been hands-off like he is with the Rangers. I doubt that. You don't know that? I doubt that. Doubt that. Very highly. Yeah. Yeah. But the good DJ LeMay. Uh, never mind. Oh, good DJ LeMayhew. Base hit. Wonderful. Yankees winning 5-2 to two off an Aaron Hicks three-run homer. Love to see it. Oh, that means they broke the streak. Yeah, they did. Congratulations. We're still great. Wait, they, no, they had a home run? What, what yeah, Hicks had? hit a three-run home run. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. 27 yeah. straight games with a home run. Wow. Love it. History. I love this team, unlike the freaking New York Knicks who are owned by an imbecile. Um, Giants, on the other hand, since we were just talking about them, they have 10 open practices. That's a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going to one this year. My friend Lou, big Giants fan. He's going to be at every one. Big Giant fan. I might tag along with one. I, I, I might. One. I might. It's free. We'll you see. know, all training camps are free, I think. Yeah. Except if you're, like, not nice to your fans. Patriots. Um, <laughs> no, I think they're free, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure just, they taking are. taking some shots. That's okay. I'm sure. Um, Ten open practices for the G-men. Um, that's cool. Maybe we'll try. Maybe we'll get to one. It's only a MetLife, so good for them. Back-to-back. Maybe yeah. we'll have back-to-back ones. Sure. I think the Giants ones are during the week, though. So yeah. that might be an issue. So training camp schedules are up. We're getting that much closer to talking football again. And you know what football season means? It's time that we start betting again. Yes. Picks. I've missed. Weekly I've picks. Missed it. Oh, yeah. Love, love, love that. All right. Enough of my Jim Dolan rant again for yet another episode. It's time for On This Day in Sports History. Joe, what do we got? Well, let's first start out with the trivia. Right, right. On June 24th, 2013, mm-hmm. a rare Stanley Cup finals between two original six teams okay. came to an end, and what squad defeated the Bruins to win the title in six? Right, so it was not the Bruins. It was not the Bruins, but it was one of the original six So we have the Rangers. We have the Blackhawks. That's three teams, including the Bruins. Uh, those are the only ones that can come to my head at the moment. Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Yes, yeah, Toronto. Toronto. All right. You know what? Oh, my <laughs> God. And you're the sports buff? Hey, listen, I'm not a hockey buff, okay? I knew it in my head. Uh, whatever. Um, I'm going to go with one of those two teams I just said. We talked a lot about the Rangers today. I'm sick and tired of talking about them. I'm going to go with the Chicago Blackhawks. You would be correct. Nice. And obviously, we, obviously, in 2013, the Rangers weren't in the Stanley Cup. Right. Because I, I wish they right. were. Right. But it was the year before. Good Blackhawks. Good for you. 
You know what? Is this messed up? What? Wasn't the Rangers... Oh, no, that was 2015 or 16 that the Rangers were in the Cup? Devils were in 2012. Yeah, so the Rangers were 2013. Huh. Did our sports book just dupe us? It, right? Fact check that real quick. Or was it 2014? While I go, while I go through um, the birthdays. Happy birthday to Jack Dempsey, Billy Casper. No, it was. Yeah, it was, right? No, Chicago. Chicago Okay, so when was the Rangers? Was it 20... 20... It had to be 2014. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yep. I thought the Rangers and Devils were back. So did I. Wow. Weird. 20, look at 2015. Oh, so, so much we know. Hello? Come on. Wait, wait a minute. That was back-to-back championships, so it was back-to-back championships, the Rangers and Devils. No, no, no. Oh, no, Blackhawks. Blackhawks won in 2015. Okay. They played the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right. Okay. Yep. Now it's all making sense. Yeah. All right. So, again, sorry. Happy birthday <laughs> to, I said, Billy Casper, Sam Jones, Don Michner, Mitcher, sorry, Wayne Cashman. Doug Jones, Jean Tortorello, mm-hmm. former New York Rangers coach. Or in a Blue Jackets coach. Correct. Um, J.J. Redick, Phil Hughes, mm. Leon Messi. Lionel Messi. Oh, my God. You just messed up the Leon, goal. Lionel. You just Lionel? Messed, really? Is it really you Lionel? You just messed up the name of the greatest soccer player. See, no, I, no I've heard it Leon Messi. That's it's why. It's Lionel. It ends okay. with an L. Okay, I've heard it Leon. That's why oh I said Lionel. I'm sorry. My bad, Lionel. Lionel, Lionel, Lionel. Messi. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. All right. And finally, for on this day in sports history, in 2010, John Isner beat Nicholas Mahut at Wimbledon in the longest match in tennis history. The 11 hours and five minutes of play spanned three days with the match finishing 6-4, 3-6, 6-7, 7 6 and 70 to 68. 183 games. I watched the tail end. Of wow. That. I watched the third day of that. Wow. wow. That was history. John Isner, an American, too. Like, that, wow. that's how that's how he made his name in tennis. Yeah, yeah. Wim- Wimbledon's coming soon. I get very hyped for Wimbledon. For I do. Reason. I do get a little hyped. I normally don't watch it. I oh, do follow it. I love Wimbledon. But I normally don't watch it. I might have to watch it this year. Wimbledon, oh, amazing. Because I, like, I, I go, I go down to. Um, we have a little court right next to our our house. It's more and um, it's got basketball hoops, tennis courts, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So, me and Nick have gone down there once or twice to to Shot test the old each racket. other. Test each other in the uh, old uh, tennis. Oh, tennis. Um, quick shout out to our women's national team today. Yes. Yeah. A nice two to one victory in to advance to the quarterfinals. They beat Spain to, uh, this morning in the FIFA Women's World Cup. Megan Rapino with two penalty kick goals. Alex Morgan on a great game, but it's okay. You're still special. I still um, love you. A little bit of breaking news before we leave. Oh boy, what do we got? 
as we know, rookie of the year MB, uh, in the NBA, uh, Luka Doncic was up for it. Trey Young was up for it. There was two, two highlights. Uh, Luka Doncic ended up winning. So congratulations for him. MVP should be coming out soon too. It's either going to be James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 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 uh, <laughs> or um, Paul George. It's going to be Giannis, even though James Harden averaged thirty six points a game, just outrageous. Uh, it's going to be Giannis. I have no doubt about that in my mind. Um, but yeah, and then a little shout out to our women's national team. Good luck on Friday against uh, France. Best of luck to you, ladies. You guys are kick ass. Make our men's national team look like preschoolers. <laughs> Who they play in the Gold Cup too? They play tonight, uh, tomorrow night, I think. Um, forget who they're playing, but they're playing tomorrow night in the gold cup. I'll be tuning in. Very exciting. Very exciting. Be quiet, Joe. You don't even know. (laughs) I do follow a little here and there. No, we, I think us, us men's soccer as bad as they've been for so long or as mediocre as they've been for so long. I think eventually they're going to get it right. Christian Pulisic is their hands down best player for our men's team. He's gonna be good for a long time. I just hope the Americans can we can finally make it to a world like we can't miss out on another World Cup. If we do that, break the whole thing down. Just tear it down. I don't know. Four years from now, I mean, I think is it four yeah. or six years? Is it four, four or six years from now? No. Because four no, I think it's no, no. eight years. <laughs> Duh. Sorry. Eight years from now. <laughs> eight years from now we'll be hosting the World Cup. <laughs> Wow, four or six. That doesn't make any sense. Four or six, no, eight. Eight, eight. Travel two there. Uh, eight years from now, Canada U.S. One. <laughs> uh, U.S., Canada, and Mexico will be hosting the World Cup. So we won't have to worry about making it then because we're a host nation. We have to make it. We have no choice. <laughs> so four years from now, we'll have to worry about that. Eight years from now, not so much. Okay. But go U.S. women against France. The hype is real behind these ladies. It always is. It always is. They're the, really they're the number one team intense. in the world yeah. in women's soccer. I'm proud of that. Very proud of that. They they kick ass. I give them all the credit in the world. Talk about equal pay and all that stuff. That's that's yeah. that's for another time though. They deserve everything. They deserve it. Absolutely. They're, they're freaking awesome. Absolutely. All right. We're behind you. We are behind you. Whole country is behind you. You know what? They sold like the past three matches that they've had, their group stage and then this one today. Sold out like Americans sell out yeah. the French stadiums, which is amazing. It's unbelievable. It really is how much they really have taken a nation yeah. by storm. It's crazy. And... It's really crazy. All right, so that's it for us. We're gonna go to food now. I'm hungry, very hungry. Shout out to Miller's Ale House for finally opening. Yes, let's please, go. Please sponsor us. <laughs> I wish. Please, we will eat mountain melts while we pour <laughs> every day. Every day. We're going to go get some of those now. Joe, another great show. Thank you, pal. No problem. A little shorthand today. Scott, I hope you had fun at the graduation thing. But uh, we held down the fort today, I think. Did a good job. Except for the whole fun, math fun, thing fun. that just happened. It, you know. That's okay. We all make mistakes sometimes. Uh, that'll be it for us. We will see you guys on Friday. Scott's not here to say the goodbye. So, Bye-bye. So Joe will do it. Good night, guys. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Start spreading the news, news. 